You're listening to Story Trails The Interviews, a micro-series that precedes the complete Story Trails series launch by Becky Stirrup. I'm a goblin. <laughs> Don't want to run away. Let everyone does that. I'm really very nice. I promise I won't hurt you. Shake on it. <laughs> yeah, so, so sorry. I've got slimy hands. Yeah, yes, I'm a goblin. You know how it is. Nice to meet you, though. What is my occupation? <laughs> I'm, I'm a goblin, so I suppose I do whatever the goblin king says. <laughs> yeah, you said when he asks me to do nasty things, then I just hide because I'm nice. <laughs> oh, oh, well, would you would you like a bogey sandwich? Made it myself, my own bogey. <laughs> I used my earwax for butter. No. Oh, well, that's probably good, because it's my lunch anyway. <laughs> good. <laughs> I like bogey. <laughs> what are you having for your lunch? That looks nice. What was that? Some humans might come. Oh, really? Some humans might come on tours. Oh, I, I think that's wonderful. Lots of friends. <laughs> I can't wait to stare at them for ages from a distance before finally working up the courage to approach, hoping that they don't run away screeching in fright. <laughs> Maybe I'll make a best friend. I'd really like a best friend. What well, would you be? My- oh, oh, you, you've got, you've got to go. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I'll see you again. Oh, oh, it was really nice talking to somebody for a bit then. Oh, I'm ever so lonely. Nobody ever talks to me. Oh, I'm a gobble. The goblin. No. Well, I guess I'll just go over here then and stare, stare at this leaf mould for a bit. Oh. You've been listening to Story Trails The Interviews, a micro-series that precedes the full series launch of Story Trails The Ultimate Package Holiday, a podcast for grown-ups and children to enjoy together. This micro-series has been developed specifically to provide families with something fun to do during these tricky times. Each episode introduces a character from the Enchanted Realm, gives you a creative mission that, should you choose to accept, may result in your wonderful creations being displayed on the Story Trails website, and includes a chapter from the latest draft of my book, The Knotbird. Keep listening for this week's creative mission and the chapter from The Knotbird. This week's creative mission is to think about the types of food that Gobble likes. Make or draw some goblin food ideas and send them to info at storytrails.co.uk and keep checking the website to see your work displayed at www.storytrails.co.uk Keep listening for this week's chapter from The Knotbird. The Knotbird is intended for children from the ages of 8 to 10, but some younger and some older children may enjoy it. The story includes themes of family, separation, friendship and identity. Towards the end of the book, it also includes some violence and death. It is a journey of discovery and found family. These chapters are taken from the latest draft of the novel, and the published book will likely be a bit different from the one you hear here. 
I hope you enjoy the following chapter. The Knotbird, Chapter 5 Flodder could hear birds moving around him. They sounded far away. His mouth was dry and hot, and he desperately wanted some water. He forced one eye open. Barrow was above him, directing the other birds to help. I must be dreaming, he thought. Barrow would not help me. With the sensation of being lifted, he drifted away from the pain to a comforting dark. He awoke again to the sound of his mother crying. His mouth had cooled down, but his tail ached. He tried to move to comfort Cheru, but the effort made him cry out. Cheru rushed to her son. It's okay, Flodder. Don't move. You're going to be fine. You're crying, he whispered. She put her wing around him and held her tears in. I'm foolish, she said, and tried to smile, but he was already asleep. When Barreau had brought news that Flodder had been attacked, Cheru had not believed him. He said that Flodder had been flying high and at the edge of the wood. All the birds knew that it was forbidden to stray so far. Cheru had thought that Barreau was just trying to get Flodder into trouble. He had left with a small group of birds to retrieve Flodder, and still Cheru had not believed him. But then they returned, carrying her little green son. They had draped leaves around the young one to carry him as they flew back to the nest. When they arrived, they spoke of a black ring of ash surrounding Flodder and a quiet among the trees. It was clear, they had said, that the knot bird had flown beyond the forest edge. Cheru could not understand why Barrow had helped Flodder at all. If a bird strayed so far against all the wisdom of bird law, then that bird must meet his fate whatever it may be. By all that they knew, they should have left Flodder where he fell. But Barrow had helped him instead. When Cheru saw her little green son, she had wept. Flodder was a pale shadow of himself, almost white, and his breathing was shallow. For the first time, Barrow had seemed to care. He will be okay, Cheru, Barrow had said. He is strong. Their other chicks had crowded in then, excited to have their parent birds together. For a moment, hope had hung about the nest. Cheru wanted to ask Barrow to come home, but she was afraid that he would refuse. She had looked from Flodder to Barrow a question in her mind. What happened, Barrow? she had said. Burrow had almost jumped back from her voice. It was so different to the tone he had known. The promise and the joy of her song had faded to melancholy. He knew that it was his fault, that somehow he had changed her. He wanted to bring her joy back, but just as he was about to speak, she had looked away from him. Her question had been for the creature. He broke our way, Burrow had snapped, as I told you. Cheru had stepped away from the venom in Burrow's voice. She had looked at Flodder and his wounded tail. He is just a chick, Burrow, she said. That's the point, Cheru. If he were a chick, he would not have been able to break our ways. He is not one of us. Cheru had tried to see Flodder the way others did. His bones were sharp against his skin, his face was too long and his wings were more like a bat's than a bird's. Then he had stirred, and all she could see was her son. Burrow had watched her, the way she looked at the creature, 
He could only see something that was not like him. And yet, Flodder had saved him. Burrow had hung his head and hopped from the nest, flying to the tops of the trees. Why did she love it? he thought. Burrow stayed awake long into the night. Each time his lids slipped, he could feel the falcon closing in. Then he would look down at Chiru's nest and try to puzzle it out again. Why Chiru had chosen Flodder, and why the creature had saved him. But there was no answer, and the evening song faded to silence. Chiru felt the air stir as Baru left the nest, and she hung her head, a tear pooling in her eye. She turned to Flodder and brought him water in acorn cups. He was so hot. Chiru spent the evening trying to cool him. It was the first time he had ever been warm at night. His tail had stopped bleeding. He would survive. But what then? Burrow was right. Flodder had broken the bird way and Moachan would have no choice but to punish him. The leader had stayed away. Now was not the time for decisions. Chiru watched her strange green son take shallow breaths and wondered how long it would be until judgment was passed. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Story Trails, The Interviews, a micro-series that precedes the upcoming podcast Story Trails, The Ultimate Package Holiday. This episode was created and acted by Becky Stirrup. The wonderful music was provided by the very talented King Rich, and for a full list of sound effects and credits, please see the show notes. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. Remember, words are magic, and that's why putting letters in order is called spelling.